welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we are here for yet another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. Now, I know for those who were with us last night, sorry, this is recording on Tuesday, but you're going to see this on Wednesday. So on Monday evening, the boys of the Green Beige Podcast, we were with this just in. And Justin Marvel, the host and director of This Just In, he was scheduled to join us, but unfortunately, circumstances have not allowed him to be with us this afternoon, but he will be with us in a subsequent episode. So AJ, my brother, how are you doing? All right, man. Um, I'm good. I'm good. NFL season is really upon us now, and and we're into draft season, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. How it is doing, indeed. I, I am glad that the workday is over. Mm. That That is the feeling that I have every afternoon when 4.30 comes. So <laughs> as, you can, as you can imagine, I am also very excited because football season, as you said, is, is right around the corner. The next yeah. game that kicks off will be a game of meaning. And not just for roster positions. It'll right. be a game that actually means something for the standings. Now, today, of course, as we always do, we go off the rip. And off the rip, today has been a sad day for many. It has been a very active day for most of us, especially those of us who were just fans. Today, for those who are soccer fans, especially of European soccer, today was the deadline day for the transfer window. In addition to that, today was also cut down day in the NFL. Where over the last few weeks, I'm sure if you were paying attention, the teams started out with having a maximum roster of 90 players and over the last two weeks, they had to cut it down by five players each week. No such thing happening this week. <laughs> this week, they had to move from 80 players to 53. They had to finalize their roster by 4 p.m. Eastern to 53 players. And there are lots of names. There are lots of players that got cut today that, I mean, we would have to we, we can recognize um for example brashad perryman that's a name that we should remember he was a wide receiver with the lions he got cut carl joseph safety with the raiders who was a first round pick in 2016 he got cut ha ha clinton dix who was with the packers but most recently with the 49ers he too got cut Trevor Simeon, the quarterback who the Saints picked up as backup behind Jameis and Taysom Hill, he also got cut. Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci, quarterbacks who played for the Cowboys in the preseason, they got cut. Travis Fulgham, that name should sound familiar because when the Eagles had no wide receivers, the only one they had was Travis Fulgham, and he got cut, along with another receiver, John Hightower. Led, led the Eagles. I feel like it's, 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 it's like this needs to be mentioned. He led the Eagles in receiving yards last year. Yes. And it's, I, and I it's, feel like that needed to be mentioned. Yeah, of course. 
I mean, that is a very pertinent point. And he got cut. So, and I mean, it's, it's a little difficult when you're seeing some of these names. When you, you think about him, it's like, chances are these guys, you would like to think that in better circumstances, having given so much to the team last season, when basically it was him, me, mm-hmm. and AJ catching passes, that <laughs> no, when they should be better, you would hope that they would have kept him. But no, there is no such thing called loyalty in sports, especially when it comes to teams looking at players. Um, Nick Mullins, who was the backup quarterback with the 49ers, who went over to the Eagles, having now the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew, he mm-hmm. got cut. Um, Devonta Freeman, that the Saints picked up recently, he got cut, but he wasn't really in the building that long, so... That's not really such a big loss, I would say. Corey Clement, who was also with the Eagles before, that went over to the Giants, he got that. Russell Douglas, I love his name, um, (laughs) from the Texans, he got that. There was also um, the wide receiver, I'm not saying his name in this list, that played quarterback for the Dol- not Dolphins, for the Denver Broncos last season when they lost their entire wide receiver room. Oh, right. Sorry, the quarterback um, room. Can't um, either. Yeah, his name, his name is escaping me, and his name was not yeah. in that oh, list he got, I was looking at. He too got cut. One of the ones. So yeah, you you go there, you do your best for your team, and then when things get better, you are no expendable. But we, I just ran through those names because we, we're not you know, sorry, you know, one that had actually, um, I was uh, kind of surprised to see, um, you know, the Bengals cut Thad Moss, and really, yeah, yeah. And you remember, remember, I, I remember specifically commenting on that because uh, when, when they p- cleared him off the waivers earlier this year, because mm-hmm. I was saying, all right, it looks like they're trying to get that LSU offense back together because obviously. They had just drafted Jamar Chase and then they pick him up. And then obviously, you know, with, you know, with Joe Burrow coming back off the injury. So I thought they were trying to reunite that trio at least. Mm-hmm. But nah, it wasn't to be. Apparently, he was one of the names that got cut from the Bengals. Yeah, and just another name that just popped out here that I, I, I have seen it before, but hmm. somehow I missed it just now in my little submission. Nick Folk, you're a kicker. He also got it, cut. He was cut and then brought back. Mm-hmm. And then I so I I never had any hope for him staying. It, he was more like a stopgap. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. So the youngster um, Quinn Norden, who was kicking during most of the preseason, he has won the job. But as we are on the Patriots, that brings us to the name that we really did intend to talk about because yeah, this yeah. was the big shocker today, Cameron Newton. No former quarterback for the Patriots, he got cut. No, we have spoken about this many times during this offseason. And we even made mention of it last, well, sorry, keep saying last night, on Monday, when we were on this just in. AJ, what is happening in New England? Why, why did you guys decide to get rid of Cap? All right, so on when we appeared on this just then on Monday night, if I remember correctly, it was unanimous. We all agreed that it was Cam's starting job to lose, right? 
Yes. And then today, this news. Well, sorry, Tuesday, the day of our recording, this news. My first reaction was one of utter shock because even I, as as much as as I um like was lambasting Cam last year, I thought that this off season, have like having the off season with the team and you know having after a year with the team and then ha having a full off season, uh, having some familiarity with the team would put him in better stead to lead going forward. Now, if you remember, one of my main criticisms last year before we even signed him was when I was saying that, yeah, we're not going to sign him is because our offense has to look different to uh, accommodate Cam Newton. It's yes. not the, the, it's not the, the typical Patriots offense that, that um, you could basically um, have him as a focal point of, right? The offense has to look different to suit him, which is why I thought we wouldn't pick him up, but we did. So I was like, all right, so Belichick wants to try something different. So after the initial shock wore up, I, I mean, that was one of the thoughts that came to me, right? That, all right, it has to do a lot with, with the fact that, you know, Cam is not this, the, the archetypal um, Bill Belichick quarterback, right? And as much as, <laughs> I mean, we saw some emotional reactions admitted that was admitted by one of the guys in, the, in our chat. Mm -hmm. He did admit it was an emotional reaction, but Ken, if this was a draft, I would, I would be... I would be I would be custom building every way till Sunday in, in, in all types of different languages, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to putting together Ross and making the right moves for the team, especially at this point in time in the season, like right before right around the corner from opening week, I I I have faith in Bill to do what's best for the team. I really do. Right. So after after the initial shock settled a little bit, I was like, you know what? I, I, I feel like this is the best decision going forward. What, what he has seen from Mark Jones in the offseason is enough to, to, suggest, to suggest that, you know what, he could be the one to lead us going forward because, because of how the offense is built around him. He could throw the ball. He makes, he makes good decisions. He knows when to throw. He has, he has a very accurate arm and, and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's sort of back to what Bill knows, essentially. And we don't have to, like, have a... a an alternate to, to facilitate another quarterback. Um, but I must say, <laughs> I, I mean, as much as, as much as we know how, how um, stoic Bill usually is, Bill would have approached Cam, let's be honest, he would have approached Cam and told him straight up, look, you're not going to have the job this year. So I know you probably don't want to be a, a, a backup. So I'll give you the opportunity if you want. To, I'll, I'll let you go and you can go find another team. Because, you know, you know, instead of sitting down behind this rookie or, what, or whatnot, I really don't feel like Bill just blindsided him and, you know, made, made it seem like he was going to get the job and then took it away. I must add, though, <laughs> in the midst of all this, what I am hearing, according to a lot of reports, was that Cam's COVID situation had a lot to do with the reason he was cut. Because remember, he still did miss a few practices because he's, apparently he's not vaccinated and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently, Bill, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, this is according to reports that I've heard, that that did play a part. Like, it kind of led, led to the frustration that Bill had with not being able to rely on Cam as a starting quarterback. And in the time he missed, Mark Jones impressed. So it, it, wasn't that, it wasn't necessarily that Cam was bad in the preseason, but what Mark Jones did sort of just elevated him a, a little bit. 
more. And Cam didn't really separate himself from Mac. So it seems, and you know, it is what it is. As much as I was skeptical about Cam, I didn't, I, I, I still do feel sorry for the guy getting cut, but it is what it is. We move and I'll be behind Mac Jones 100% as the starting quarterback of the New England, of the New England Patriots for the 2021 season. So I have to defer to you as the Patriots guy on this pod because this is your team. And I know that Cam wasn't your guy, but you were high on Matt Jones coming into the draft. And you were happy that you guys didn't have to do anything in the first round. And he just literally fell into your lap. Yep, yep. Now, where I was, where I was surprised as I had made mention of all through this offseason and including on Monday night, is that the familiarity that Cam would have had, the time that he would have spent, you would expect then that he would be better. And mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, he looked better all the way through the preseason. But I guess he didn't look good enough. And because he didn't look good enough, and as you said, the Patriots' way, in terms of offensively speaking, is built for that stand in the pocket and throw the ball kind of quarterback. Cam has not been that his entire career. No, that was my one criticism of him, his accuracy. Yes. No, that was my one criticism. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, so if he, if he is not that and he has not shown the propensity to be that, even though he has looked better in the preseason, as I've said all along, preseason is a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of lies being told. So when we take all of that into consideration, I guess. And as you said, too, I too have seen the reports where his reluctance or apparent reluctance to take a vaccine is being taken into consideration. He, for all intents and purposes, didn't do anything wrong. This was something, this appointment that he had was something that the team knew about and he had permission to go to this medical appointment, but everyone seemed to have missed something where the COVID protocols were concerned, which then meant that Cam had to miss five days out of the facility. And as we have constantly said, the best ability is availability. And yep. if you are not going to be constantly available for something as simple as a medical appointment, that could be a problem. And after seeing what happened last season when Cam was out, knowing that they only had Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, mind you, they still only have Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer now behind Matt Jones, then I don't know. From that perspective, I probably would have loved to keep him. But again, that's not my franchise and that's your coach. That's not the way like that you believe it. So. Like I like I said, right? I, I think it's more he was let go more due to the fact that Bill was giving him the opportunity opportunity to go find a team somewhere else instead of sitting down and waiting on Mac Jones to, to possibly mess up for him to win back a job, as opposed to you know letting him test test um free agency now and see if he could he could find anyone that would pick. I mean it's it, it's kind of late <laughs> it's kind of late in the offseason to be doing that, right? He's not going to learn any offensive schemes. Like I, I honestly don't see. I know another one of our our, our mates in the group said that he'll have a job by tonight. I don't see that. I don't see it because I don't know who team is going to pick up Cam. No, 
and in, in like with a view to him learning that offense by next week to start. So I don't know, but I, I, it, it really seems that it was, he was let go, not due to any vitriol, even though I said the COVID thing had a part to play, uh, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It seemed like also it was a lot to do with the fact that Bill was allowing Cam to, to test the market instead of keeping him like on a leash and being a backup, given his profile as a quarterback in the NFL in his career so far. Well, I mean, that may be good. That may be good for Cam. It, it gives him an opportunity to go find someone to, you know, give him an opportunity. However, I'm sure if you ask Cam, would you rather sit and be a backup with $10 million in your pocket? <laughs> or do you want to go here and try to find a job only getting three and a half million dollars so far, which is what was his guaranteed money on his contract, knowing that he is now going out there literally one week before the regular season starts. No to try to find a job? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think if I was in Cam's position, I, I probably would have um, taken the, the backup role and just chill out, uh, you know, Give high fives, walk down behind Matt Jones, everything he scores a touchdown if he walks past <laughs> you. You, that you, high five. you do what you have to do just to be a great teammate and keep yourself there. But he didn't get an opportunity, so all the best to you, Mr. Newton. Indeed, indeed. So, AJ, we just completed, as we had mentioned before, the preseason is now behind us. And in this last week of preseason, well, it was shortened by one game because the Saints were unable to play their game due to Hurricane Ida coming through and creating lots of havoc and much more on that a little later on. But we did have some games that played. The Colts beat the Lions 27-17. to 17. There is no um, overtime and nothing of that sort in the preseason. So the Eagles and the Jets, they played to a 31-all stalemate. The Panthers beat the Steelers 34-9. The Chiefs beat the Vikings 28-25. The Bills shut out the Packers 19-0. The Ravens continued their streak of wins of 37-3 over the Washington football team. The Bears beat the Titans 27-24. The Buccaneers beat the Texans 23-16. The Broncos beat the Rams 17-12. The Chargers were shut out by the Seahawks 27-0. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good in this game. 34-14 over the Cowboys. The Bengals lost to the Dolphins 29-26. The Raiders lost to the 49ers 34-10. The Giants got beat by the Patriots 22-20. And the Browns beat the Falcons 19-10. So, yes, that was the last opportunity for lots of players to get the chance to try to impress and get themselves on a roster. It worked out for some. It didn't work out for a lot of them. And, well, we know that what tends to happen right after the preseason is finished and these roster cuts occur is that then lots of players are picked up on practice squads. Some players who were let go by one team are picked up by another team and could mm -hmm. be also added into their active roster. So there are lots of personnel moves still afoot and I'm sure we will have them for you next week. 
No, AJ. Uh, wait, as you as you mentioned that, did you did we already talk about uh, uh, just just a short mention? Did we mention our boy Josh Rosen got picked up again? Yes, we talked about that last week. We did. We did. Yeah, we, we talked about we, it. I, oh, I couldn't remember. Yeah, we mentioned that last week that Josh Rosen is on another team. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's because it's I, I think I actually saw a little footage since since we probably talked, so I couldn't remember if we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, back back with Atlanta. All right, cool. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. No, the thing is, I haven't seen him's name come up in the cuts, so I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's still there. Good All right, job. Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Mister Rosen. So, Agent, no, we have some trades that happened in this last week as well, and one of them, of course, we always, we you know, we like to start with your boys, your Patriots. Your Patriots traded Sony Michelle. To the Los Angeles Rams. Now we know that the Rams they lost their supposed starting running back Cam Akers very early in the preseason to I think it was a torn Achilles or was it an ACL? I don't remember. ACL, I believe. Yes. I think it was ACL. Yeah. It was one of those big injuries though, and he yeah, was definitely yeah. done for the, year. for the season. Yeah. So then Sony Michelle was traded over from the Patriots. He was traded to the Rams and he was traded for a sixth round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick in 2023 it was his Achilles um, Cam Akers tour his work Achilles? Achilles did yes oh I thought it was tore, somebody else was ACL then my bad okay yeah yeah he tore his right Achilles tendon mm. um, just before training camp so AJ your boy Sony Michel over at, yes, your boy, Sonny Michelle, over at the Rams. You're real wicked enough. You're, You're real wicked enough. <laughs> your reaction, sir. I, it's funny, I because I saw I saw a report, a report basically um with some, I guess it was an interview that he did right after he was traded. And he was saying that he was a bit shocked, a bit surprised that he was traded. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. When I saw it, I... It, there was no kind of shock. I was like, okay, cool. This makes sense. I, that, that really was the first thought in my mind. I was like, okay. I, you know, I didn't see it coming, but it makes sense. I'm glad it happened. This is no disrespect to Sony Michelle. I wish him well. But I could understand, first of all, I could understand, obviously, the Rams needing somebody you just mentioned. It's not even just um, Cam Akers, but the running back room in LA is decimated. Daryl Henderson still nursing a, a thumb injury. Um, Think there was someone else that they, that they picked up that they, that is having injury injury issues as well um but yeah i'm, I'm not surprised that sony michelle um doesn't have a future in new england you kidding me he i really failed to impress T- to be fair the man had an exemplary rookie season had uh, a total of six six touchdowns in the postseason in um the playoffs in that year right in that 2018 rookie season. But since then, it's, been, it's just been downhill, though. Injuries, inconsistency when he does play. <laughs> and he, he lost his place last year as a starting, as a starting running back to Damian Harris. So, mm-hmm. I, and even when he was getting uh, some snaps in, he, he didn't look like anything. So, you know what? It wasn't meant to be. He had an amazing rookie season, like I said. He contributed to a Super Bowl winning team. He has a ring. That's a lot more than that's more than a lot of people could say, I should say. Um, and he deserved his ring because, like I said, he was really good in that year. And you know what? It's, it's just happy trails 
honestly, I hold no malice in my heart for Sonny Michel. I think his time in New England has expired. There was no reason to pick up that fifth year for him. Wish him all the best. I, I mean, I don't want him to replicate or even come close to that rookie season because that, that would actually help the Rams. But yeah, it, it is what it is. He, his time was up. His time was up. He wasn't going to retire a Patriot. It was going to happen sometime. So based on how things were going, this was the right time. Happy trail, Sony. Now, you know, one of the things that immediately comes to mind about this is what happened on the night that Sony Michelle was drafted? Your reaction <laughs> to the drafting of Sony Michelle when Nick Chubb was there for the taking. <sighs> I will never forget that. That was hilarious. So now you have you have actually gotten something back for the first round pick that you made with Sony Michelle. Because if you had kept him. More than likely, next season, at this point, we will be talking about Sonny Michel as being one of the cuts. Yeah, yeah. It's even if, if you even brought him back to begin with. Now, Sonny Michel, he has one year left on his deal, and he is currently going to be playing on a 1.6, sorry, 1.79 base, $1.79 million base salary in mm -hmm. his final year of his contract. Because you guys didn't exercise this fifth-year option. No, I don't, like I said, I don't know how much of the preseason you have seen, but I've seen a couple of the Patriots games because they just happen yeah, to be on. To me. I've, I've, I haven't seen anything. Right, because I they just happen to be on the times I turn on the TV and, and put mm. it on, on NFL Network and say, oh, wait, the Patriots are playing again. Okay. But there was this um, rookie fourth-round pick, Ramondre Stevenson, that was running the heck out of this ball. He looked really, really good. I mean, again, caveat, it is preseason. He's not yeah, out there yeah. running against the, the ones on the defense, but he looked really good. He he broke off some some big runs. He was running over people. He's yeah, I've, short I've and stuff. Player, actually, so. He's short? Yeah, he, yeah, he's a short dude. So, okay. He's a short, stocky dude. So you should you could you should go check out his highlights. They actually do make for very pleasant watching. Yeah. So knowing that he was there, you guys are still keeping James White, which I believe is a good team move. James White is still a, he's still a quality contributor, and mm -hmm. you know him going through the personal tragedies he had last season to bring him back is a good look for the organization. Mm -hmm. And you know if I'm saying that. And they generally have nothing good to say about yeah, New sure. England. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm being balanced in fear. I'm, I, I, I'm glad that you guys are bringing him back. You made yeah. mention of Damian Harris as well. Yeah. So you have Damian Harris, you have James White, you have the rookie Stevens, and then there is uh, Bruce Bolden that is... Brandon like, Bolden, yeah, we brought him back again. Uh, Brandon Bolden that is yeah. also on special teams. So you mm -hmm. had... Way too many running backs. There's no way that Sonny Michel fits into all of that. Now, for the Rams, as you said, the Rams running back room is a little bit limited. It's a bit banged up at this point in time. The expectation is that Michel is going to be the backup because um, Daryl Henderson would be expected to move into that starting role. But we know that the way how Sean McVeigh likes to use his players and he likes to use his running backs, especially as well in the passing game, there will be lots of opportunities there for Sonny Michel to hopefully reignite his career. 
he is heading into his fourth year in the league. We don't know if he's going to do enough to guarantee another big payday because, you know, the league doesn't like to pay running backs, but we will see what happens where he is concerned. So that was one trade. And then the other trade, other notable trade that happened, because there are obviously, you know, there are lots of other little moves that happen with later on picks, but the Jets, the New York Jets, they traded with the Texans for defensive end Shaq Lawson. And that was in exchange for a 2022 six-round pick that they had gotten from the 49ers for um, a delayment that they traded last October. Yeah. So it, when you see Shaq Lawson now headed over to the Jets, what are your thoughts? My first thought was, all right, so that's this is the third team in the East that he's been at. So the Patriots next then. That was my first <laughs> thought. <laughs> He played for the other two. Now he's in New York, so um, New England next. Um, man, I feel like you, you got me talking about the Jets too much this week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I like Shaq Lawson, though. I mean, um, I, like, I, I think he's a good player. I, again, it seems like a decent move by the Jets, and I don't like it. I, look, I've spoken enough. You talk. I don't want to talk about the Jets. Go ahead. Well, I don't really have a whole lot to add because Shaq Lawson, he was playing for the Texans. I don't pay attention to the Texans that much. <laughs> he, he has no move for the Texans over to the Jets. And as I said when we did the recording on this just in, well, the Jets have seemed to be making a lot of good moves recently and they should be better than they were last season. Yeah, the Giants? The Jets, Jets, the Jets, Jets. yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, even though the Jets have been seemingly improving, until I actually see it on the field, I am not giving them the benefit of the doubt because that is still the Jets. No, he is a low-risk, high-reward move for the Jets, and he is yeah. going yeah. to um, be with a coach who was a former defensive coordinator that should have a good idea as to where to put him and how to use him to the betterment of their squad mm -hmm. so it may work out for for them but again until i see better from the jets the jets in my mind will always be the jets Jets, understood don't blame him all right so that now brings us to who do you trust? And we are this week beginning our division previews. Now, the season, as I said, is about to start in 10 days. Actually, no, at the time of this recording, it is nine days away because it starts yeah. on a Thursday and we are recording this on the Tuesday afternoon. So it is nine days away and what better way to get you ready for the new football season than for us to get you all hyped up about your squad and the other squads that you may actually care about so aj we are going to begin who do you trust with the nfc west now i call the nfc west the gauntlet because in my opinion the NFC West is probably the most difficult division in all of football. You have four very competitive teams, 
three that have designs of being one of the top teams in the NFC and the other that on the day can beat any of them and beat anyone. Mm-hmm. So AJ, our first question for who do you trust this week? Who do you trust to emerge from the gauntlet? So, and one thing I do remember for sure is that in a previous episode, I did say I don't expect, I. this is no disrespect to the Seahawks, but I don't expect them to be as good this year. I, 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 I can't remember all their moves offhand. Obviously, they've gone about trying to, to ensure that they could keep Russell Wilson alive for another year. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't have to be scrambling like that. But I just don't, I just don't have as much faith. I mean, essentially, yes, Russell Wilson still is the best quarterback in the division. But I do not have as much faith in the way that team is structured. Um, despite them winning the division last year, the Rams were two games behind them, two games off of them. And I'm really high on the Rams this time. I think the Rams win this division, to be quite honest. I think the Rams win this division. Um, Seahawks could possibly still get a wild card spot. But when I said I don't see them, I, I don't, it's not that I see them being like garbage. It's just I don't see them being at, well, it would be 12 and 5. I don't see them being a 12 win team this year. Not 12, not 13, maybe 11, 10, somewhere around there. But getting into a wildcard spot. But I'm a bit higher on the Rams. And it's not just, it's not just the, the, the trade that brought um, Matt Stafford there. It's actually the fact that the defense is still solid. It, it has a lot to do with the defense for me. Obviously, I think the offense is better with Stafford. But I, they're just a more complete team all around. And Stafford will be protected. He has weapons. Um, Cooper Cup was like the number one guy but his numbers have been dwindling recently I think ever since he came off of that um, it was a knee injury I'm pretty sure it was a knee injury he had as well mm-hmm. yeah but then you have Bobby Trees still putting in some numbers um, yeah I'm high on the Rams Ken this is the Rams division this year to lose and I, <laughs> the, I don't know I, the Cardinals have to do something to prove me wrong because at, at this point I still don't see them as a playoff team uh, mm-hmm. So if they prove me wrong, so be it. But I don't see that yet. And in the case of the Niners, they're definitely going to be better than six wins. However, Jimmy G ain't going to stay fit for the entire season. So it remains to be seen how re- just really how good Trey Lance is in this system and how many wins he could get when Jimmy G goes down injured at some point. So uh, for right now, it seems to me the Rams come out and I, I, I think the Seahawks are still good enough in the NFC to get a wildcard spot. Okay, so you you made some interesting points there. And I'll just say off the bat that I agree that the Rams are the one are the ones that I anticipate are going to win the division. Of course. Been agreeing too much these days. I don't like it. No, I think I think that this is probably <laughs> where our agreements are gonna end for today. Okay, okay, just making sure. Yeah, so <laughs> and but this is this is my reason why I would mm-hmm. go with the Rams over the others. Now, you may mention of the fact that the Rams' defense is still very solid. They haven't lost much in terms of their playmakers on defense. Their offense is still very much intact with the exception of Cam Akers, but everyone in the league seems to believe that running backs are plug and play. And mm-hmm. they just brought in Sonny Michel to replace him. So they should be better. Um, 
They don't have Mark Brown anymore. I don't remember where he's yeah. gone, but he has he has left. So, but when the season started, he was supposed to be the guy, and then within the first three weeks, then we hardly saw him after that. So, him not being there is not a big loss. Now you compare that with the Seahawks. Though the Seahawks, they have lost Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin is going no longer there. Yeah. yeah, they just traded to bring in a new corner, but at the end of the day. Is that corner as good as Shaq Griffin? Can you put that corner to be on an island like how Shaq used to be over mm-hmm. there on his own, taking care of one side of the field basically on his own by himself? Mm-hmm. So that is a bit of a concern. When you look at the wide receivers now, this is a year older now for Taylor Lockett. And while he has not necessarily <laughs> taken a lot of hits, like you said, he's a year older. You would expect that his production is going to reduce somewhat then you will expect that DK Metcalf is going to be better but his numbers were already really good so then it's what are you doing to compensate the third team in that division then you have as you said the Cardinals the Cardinals they've made some moves they've brought in some pieces especially on defense but yeah. you brought in JJ Watt who says that he is unhappy with the tape he's put down for the last four years and he wants to just play J.J. Watt style football as opposed to being, I guess you could say, a little cautious and trying to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself. No, I don't know if you tell J.J. Watt that he's going to go there and not try to hurt and just play with reckless abandon. How long is this going to last? They also brought in some older cornerback cover. Um, so. How are they going to match it now with the young, speedier receivers that they have with both um, the Rams and also with the Seahawks? Then there is San Francisco. And I am not that wild about San Francisco, Mm. partially because of the quarterback. I have been on record multiple times expressing my concerns where Jimmy Garoppolo is, is... regarded and then your options are jimmy or a rookie in trey lance who has shown some good stuff in preseason but he hasn't i I haven't really seen him so i can't say he's convinced me or not and again it's preseason when we get up to full game speed how is he really going to cope it's better for him if he sits down for the majority of the year but as you said jimmy garoppolo is expected to get hurt and the san francisco 49ers over the last couple of seasons, tend to pick up injuries at a rate, it seems, higher than most other teams in the NFL. So when I take all of that into consideration, then I will have to go with the Rams. Mm-hmm. So that is the gauntlet of the NFC West. So then we go over to the AFC and the AFC South. Now, AJ, last season, the South was run by the Titans. Remember the Titans. How good are the Titans really? Do you believe that the Titans, sorry, let's phrase it correctly. Do you trust the Titans to repeat again in the AFC South? I'll be very honest. I'm like, Looking at the Titans in isolation, I, as as much as I, I should be impressed, something about them doesn't 
check every box for me. I, I may be nitpicking. However, I still think they'll win the division. The reason being is that the rest, the rest of this division is not up to their level as yet. So as, even as bad as I, or as much as I may want to nitpick certain things about them, the rest of the division, let's just not even talk about the, the, the fact. All right, you know what? There are two teams in this division. Uh, we know that. It's mm-hmm. them and the course, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just save some time. It's them and the course. And the course are still in a very precarious position regarding their quarterback. Yes. Um, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm usually very high on Carson Wentz, but given everything that's transpired, I can't even say that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the division. Ryan Tannehill so far has, has shown to be the most consistent, at least, in the division in the last couple of seasons or whatnot. Carson Wentz is coming into the situation up to, <laughs> up to this point. I mean, even though it's only preseason, up to this point, the man still, like, we don't know what is going on with this guy. It's, it's, it's been one situation after another since he's joined this organization. I, and, and apparently he's another individual who isn't vaxxed, so I don't know how that's going to go down within the organization itself. There are too many question marks around the course for me. The team itself, is, I, I think, is well-structured on both ends. However, the, the question marks around Carson Wentz just kind of, uh, they don't sit well with me, so I think the Titans repeat. And especially, um, I have to give them some credit, though. Adding Julio, I think, is actually going to give A.J. Brown the opportunity to flourish even a bit more. Because you know Julio going to draw more coverage than, than Corey Davis was last year. Let me be honest. So, uh, and he, he more than likely pulled, like, the, the best um, corner on the, on the opposition team, right? So, it, it, it should be a, at least a few more opportunities for A.J. Brown. Um, yeah, and there is the monster that is Derrick Henry. So, it's the Titans division to lose, to be honest. And I don't see how they do it because I just don't think that the Colts, the only other team in the division, are good enough as yet. So, my, my only thing about this, no, I, I know I said that with the last one that we probably were going to end our agreement. But then I look back at the rundown and I was like, wait a second, we might actually agree about a lot yeah, more of these things. Saw one more, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So um, the Titans, I I have been very high on Ryan Tannehill. And we have had many a conversation where Ryan Tannehill is concerned, especially comparing him to another quarterback who we did not name at this point. Like we should have a, a special just for that discussion. Yeah, special just for that discussion or alone. We'll <laughs> yeah, get to but, that. yeah, we'll get to that. So Tannehill, Tannehill, I believe is as you said, he is the best quarterback in the division, and that is even taking health out of it with um, your your buddy Carson Wentz. So, as you said, there are only two new teams in this division. We don't expect anything from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Houston Texans are projected to be the worst team in football. So, they're out of it. Now, the thing that has me when I look at the Texans, not Texans, sorry, when I look at the Colts and I compare them to the Titans, the Colts actually have, in my opinion, they have the better all-round team when you look mm-hmm. at it from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. Their defense is pretty stout and their offense is more than serviceable once they get decent quarterback player. So 
everything for the Colts hinges on Carson Wentz being healthy because their depth chart doesn't really have much of anything behind him. But when you look at the entirety of the team, one of the issues that the Titans have had is their pass rush, and they haven't really mm-hmm. done enough mm-hmm. to solidify that for me. So that okay. is that is still a concern. Now, yes, Derrick Henry, as you said, is a monster. Derrick Henry is the guy that you would expect will be carrying the ball 30 times a game. And the game will go as Derrick Henry goes, because if you shut down Derrick Henry, then you can really lock in on the back end. Now, as you said, Julio being there is the attention puller that Corey Davis was not. However, I believe that at this point in time, in 2021, heading into 2022, Corey Davis is a better receiver than Julio. That is my that is how I see it. Because Julio, for his height, and his ability, his catch radius, and everything, Julio can't stay fit. Julio always gets hurt. Corey Davis, as far as I remember, played every game last season. And he was very productive in almost every game he played. When the game plan went in his direction, he stepped up. When the teams took A.J. Brown out of the equation, Corey Davis was that reliable second option. So if Julio is now going to be option A, and then... We're going to have uh, AJ Brown as option A2, then it could be great if Julio can stay fit. But if mm. Julio can't stay fit, then that's going to be a challenge. So I, st- I still believe that, yes, the Titans are going to be the ones to come out of this division. But there is a much smaller gap now between them okay. and the Colts. I mean, I, I get what you're saying about Julio too. He he doesn't stay fit, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like just based on his profile alone, he's going to draw that attention. Yeah. I, I know who I know Julio has to be smiling though, because no, he he ain't got to come up against Lattimore twice a year. You know, <laughs> you yep. know that was a two goose sex. That was a two goose sex <laughs> of Julio a season guaranteed. Yep, but I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens there, but. If if the Titans can't really get it together, then it does leave the door open for the Colts. Yeah. And Carson Wentz, well, we'll see what Carson Wentz is able to produce coming into this season. Now, the next division that we're going to touch on is the NFC East. I will not call them what I usually call them at this point. But the NFC East, for everyone who needs a reminder, that's the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Washington football team, the team that still doesn't have a proper nickname, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So, AJ, we're not even going to know somebody from this division has to win. And last season, nobody won the division with even getting back to 500. So, do you think... Or do you trust any of these NFC East teams to play past World Card Weekend? It's a trick question. <laughs> no, you know what? Let me let me be diplomatic. No, I do not, good sir. None of them did last year, and I don't think any of them are stronger this year uh, to to mount that kind of challenge in that conference. Kidding me? No. Um, I, I mean, even though I'm, I'm not going to act like all of these teams are absolutely terrible, maybe in totality, but each of these teams, I think, has some, maybe not each of them, 
at least one or two of these teams has areas where they are very good. Washington's defense is really good. But on offense, not convinced by the quarterbacks at all. You know, I'm not very high on pick Patrick. They, they brought in um, Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel to be uh, additional wideouts. I already like McLaurin, so I know one of these guys will fall behind McLaurin. Antonio Gibson, um, not, not a bad um, running back. Uh, yeah, he's another one I get cut from me is Peyton Barber. I, I, the offense does not convince me. It doesn't convince me. Um, I'm with regards to Dallas, and we spoke. We spoke about this ad nauseum. I am concerned about that situation. I am concerned about that situation. Uh, I won't even sugarcoat it, and I don't think it's just something that over oh, one or two weeks something. I think this is something that could affect him this season. The fact that it's being reported, it was reported earlier on today on Tuesday, uh, just up to the time of this recording that Dallas is looking at bringing in Cam Newton, that they were interested in Cam Newton. You're not looking at Cam Newton if you, if you think Dak is going to play the majority of your season. Nobody's going, nobody is selling me that. I ain't buying it. So this, this is more serious than Jerry Jones is letting on, right? Mm-hmm. And if Dak is out, the Cowboys ain't winning the division. And for damn sure, there's only one team coming out of this division, and that is the, the division winner, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even feel the need to speak so much about the Eagles. The Eagles don't know what they they don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They don't trust Jalen Hurts. The fact that they just traded for Gardner Minshew, it, it's not as, as if they even traded for a veteran presence <laughs> to, to to help Jalen Hurts. Nah, they traded for Gardner Minshew, the, an alternative at start at um at starting quarterback. Right? Mm-hmm. They cut his they cut the the best receiver they had from last year. <laughs> I, yo, I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, what needs to be said about the Giants? The, the, it's, it's, so, it's so funny that Daniel Jones might be the best, the best quarterback in this division. And that's Dying saying a lot, right? I, <laughs> I've, I've, I never trust the Giants. I, I can't say that I'm very high on their defense nor the offense. With Saquon coming back off of an ACL, I ain't even touching Saquon in fantasy, bro. Telling you. So... I ain't hire any of these teams. None of these teams. Whoever, whoever happens to win this division because they're the least garbagey of, of all the teams, they are going to be eliminated come that first wildcard game, that, that, that weekend. That's it. So I think that you summed it up quite, quite, quite nicely. So I don't really have a lot to add. Now, if we're picking, if I'm going to pick a winner, from the slop that is in the NFC East. It is very difficult to do that because all of these teams, all of these teams have glaring weaknesses that you would expect to be exploited. Um, Like you said, Dallas, we don't know what's going on with their defense. Right now, they've got lots lots of holes that have not been plugged on their defense and Mm -hmm. guys over there can't stay fit. If you're depending on Sean Lee and Leighton Van Der Esch to, to... quarterback your defense you have a problem because not, both of those are often in the hospital then with the Giants the quarterback is not that good I don't think the quarterback is that good but some are quite high on Daniel Jones that's that's good for them um, they have improved their receiver room but again until we've seen it then 
I'm not oh, even... When I called him, when I said that he's possibly the best quarterback in the division, I meant in the absence of Dak Prescott. Of course, I mean, of course. Dak, yeah, just let that be... <laughs> I don't want people taking it the wrong way. There's no way I'm saying that he's better than Dak. I'm saying in the absence of Dak is potentially Daniel Jones. And sorry, continue. Yeah, but if they bring in Cam Newton, no, then... Is he even yeah. better than Cam at that Correct. point? So Correct. we we would have to wait and see. No, one of the things that for me caused Daniel Jones into further question is Daniel Jones's um, decision making and his um, what's the word I'm looking for? The word is just escaping me. But his 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 navigation of when he should and when he should not, and I'm not even necessarily speaking about this in a purely football sense. The Giants got into a big fight during the preseason, during one of their joint practices. I do not remember the team that they were fighting with. Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the scrum. If you're the quarterback, you can't be in the fight. You have to be outside watching it and be like, yeah, fellas, go no. get him. <laughs> Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the pile in the middle well, of at the least, fight. At least his teammates know he's ready to scrap in case anything pops off. On some level, you have to love it, though. On some, on some level, you got to love it. I am saying that you, as the quarterback of this team, you are far too valuable to be out there fighting. So if your if you're, um, damaged proposal in your brain is not strong enough to say, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be in a fight, how can I trust you then to not go when you're supposed to slide you're not going to slide because if you think that you can go here and throw hands with guys that are bigger than you, chances are you think you could run them over too. So mm. I'm mm, his decision making. He needs to work on that for me. So, <laughs> so, 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 so that's so that's the Giants. That's the Giants, and then that only leads to Washington Football Team. Now you are not very high on Ryan Fitzpatrick, with good reason. However, what Ryan Fitzpatrick can give you is that he can give you four hot weeks. And depending on your um, your schedule, you could go 4-0. and all. And then in week five, he could come out here and he can give you six interceptions. And then you'll be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, the magic has worn off and it's time for him to take it to the bench. And they still have Taylor Heineke, who has shown in flashes, he has shown that he is... A capable quarterback. Maybe they're convinced enough to give him the start because, you know, Ron Rivera still must make sure that he keeps his job. But when Fitzpatrick, keyword here, when, when Fitzpatrick when. Oh, yeah. flames yeah. out, then like Heineke, taxes. correct. Taylor Heineke is a decent guy to bring in. The defense is still strong. The offense has improved. FedEx Field still takes lives every year. So we never, you just never know. The, the Washington football team, they could be the one to come out. Now, when we're saying that, then you can look at the potential op opponents that they can have in that first weekend. You, that could be anybody from Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, um, Arizona, LA, Seattle. They're not better than any of those teams. So any of those teams that are coming should spank them. So we, we'll see. But mm -hmm. I don't have any faith in them getting past that first weekend. Now, the last division that we're going to look at for today is the AFC West. And the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs, 
who has made their home in the AFC Championship game over these last few seasons. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Denver Broncos, and the LA Chargers. So AJ, does anyone trip up the Chiefs? I'm not saying that, do, that they beat them for the division, but do you trust any of these teams to cause enough of a noise, cause enough of a problem for the Chiefs in 2021? No. No, of course not. No. Um, it's a Chiefs division, easily. If, in terms of, like, tripping up, I do expect the Chargers to be second in this division at the end of this season. There was a single game separating them last year. Raiders were 500, 8 and 8, and Chargers won behind them 7 and 9. Justin Herbert is better than Derek Carr, in my opinion. So, that being said, um, and <clears throat> in terms of like what, I mean, you know what, Ken? I'm, I'm not convinced by the job that Chucky's done so far. Like in, in terms of what he was supposed to come in and do, I, 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 I guess apparently is a project because they gave him on a 10-year deal, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not convinced thus far. I'm not saying he's done a terrible job, but I still feel they are behind where they, they need to be. This, um, in the off-season and preseason thus far, I'm not convinced by the moves they've made specifically. Um, on, I mean, like the most notable to me was bringing in Kenyon Drake on offense to, I guess, either share the workload or be behind um, Josh Jacobs. It, it, I don't know. It's kind of like whatever to me. Mind you, I'm not, I, I ain't going to sit here and act like I'm really enthralled with what the Chargers are doing, but I am a huge fan of Justin Herbert. And the fact that they were only one game behind last year I feel like this is the year where he takes another step up, <laughs> even with um, some lackluster options, possibly like outside of Keenan Allen. I, I don't trust Eckler too much either, but I think that they'll get the job done. They'll be second in the division. I just expect the Raiders to slip up, but Kansas City's division easily, and I expect your, your home team to be last in the division once again. So... This is where our this is where we will find some division for this week, because yeah, first well first off it is not that the Chiefs aren't going to win the division. I anticipate the Chiefs are going to win the division as well. There's it there's not been enough done throughout the division to make me think that anyone is from the AFC West is going to be good enough to knock the Kansas City Chiefs off. So let's get out there. However. I think you're being a little bit harsh on the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, this season coming, should be much better than they were last season. Bringing in Patrick Sertan, they still have most of their playmakers on defense. Von Miller is fit again. They will be a lot better. Now, what I, to the question that was asked, I believe that the Chiefs are going to have much more difficult games in their division this season mm. than they had in seasons That's, in the last okay. two seasons because the Broncos defense is a lot better the Raiders somehow tend to play them a little bit tough and as you said the Chargers the Chargers should be better on offense but they have gotten worse on defense because Melvin Ingram is no longer there yeah. so we don't quite know what their pass rush is going to look like when the games get in, you know, when the games start to matter. Mm -hmm. And as you said, outside of Keenan Allen, who, if you check our fantasy spot, which is going to happen tomorrow, you're going to hear how I really feel 
about Juan Keenan Allen. <laughs> but outside of Keenan Allen, there isn't a whole lot. Hunter Henry, he's gone. He's now with your Patriots. So there are a lot of moving parts where the charges are concerned. And I am not sure that Justin Herbert is good enough to overcome all of it. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the division could go Kansas City Chiefs, one. Denver Broncos, two. Because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to turn the ball over in the manner that, um, what's his name? Drew Locke. Drew was Locke. Turning, yeah. He was turning the ball over last season. They're not going to depend on fourth quarter heroics like they had to do with Drew Locke because that's the only time he decided to actually play football. And then I have the Raiders last. The Raiders last, okay. No, you said that you... You you don't want to be harsh necessarily on on Chucky. Well, I'll do it for you. Ten years, he had a ten year contract. Ten years means you can come in and you can do whatever you want. He doesn't trust his quarterback. We've known that from the time he got there. He's been trying to get rid of Derek Carr. He still doesn't trust him. So Derek Carr is not his ideal quarterback. Then, as you said, the Brody Kenny Jarrett to go with Josh Jacobs. Okay, no problem, I guess. They still have Darren Waller. That's good. But when you look Darren at Waller. when you look at the collection of the Raiders and you just look at the Raiders themselves, like their stadium is beautiful, and what is what they produce in that stadium is not good enough. He should be better. The team should be better. It is not, and that is all on him. So I have them coming last in that division this season. Fair enough. Fair enough. I wouldn't I would say I'm still I I the jury's I mean I did I did have the Raiders and and the and the Broncos as the bottom two teams. I guess we just have them inverted, but I know I just ain't sold on that on that Broncos offense. The defense, you're absolutely correct. And and I like Patrick Sertan too. I like that move, that that draft pick. But I just I'm not sold on offense. I don't. It is 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 really funny because I don't trust Melvin Gordon these days. And I used to be very high on him when he was in LA, but I just don't trust him anymore. I don't. Well, I still have enough faith in him that he should be good enough. He may not get a thousand yards rushing this season, but he mm -hmm. should be more than serviceable. And then. Okay. You have Cortland Sutton coming back. You mm -hmm. have Jerry Judy. Jerry you have KJ Hamler. You have they have they have weapons on the outside, and still have no fan at tight end. No fan, yeah. And then it's just a matter of just getting the ball to the guys, and Teddy Bridgewater can do that. So, yeah. I I have them coming second because I I just don't trust what's happening with the Chargers, and I know a lot of people were down on Anthony Lynn, but I thought Anthony Lynn did. A decent enough job that he could have probably kept his job, but they decided to get rid of him. So it's a brand new regime, it's a brand new setup, it's everything is new. And until I see it, I'm not trusting it at this point. Gotcha. Right. So that brings us to the end of who do you trust this week? So, AJ, hmm. for this week's final thought. This week, as I said, it was it was not a, a great week for a lot of people. Like you said, yeah. today, 
um, as we're recording it on Tuesday was cut day. But, you know, two days ago was the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina touching down in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And Louisiana, New Orleans as well, they are facing a lot of problems now thanks to Hurricane Ida, who has just blown through Louisiana as well. Hurricane Ida made landfall as a Category 4 storm. And for us who have been in the Caribbean, we've spoken before about storms and the damage that storms have done. And to know that, you know, Louisiana, who is not one of the richest states here in the U.S., they are now up against it again. Yeah. Now, this is just as, as an aside, but this is not what really matters. It's, the Saints were forced, as a team, they were forced to evacuate out of Louisiana because the storm is coming and they're supposed to be hosting a game against the Green Bay Packers come next Sunday, the first Sunday of the season. However, the Saints are not going to be playing at home. The infrastructure in Louisiana is currently in such poor state. There's no way that they can host this game. Now, the Caesar Superdome that was mainly unaffected. It wasn't really damaged. The practice facility in Metier, Louisiana, that too was okay. But when you look at what's happened to the city, when you look at what's happened to the state, there is no way that they can play football in in, this, in the state of Louisiana right now. When you also, like, I saw a note that they said, it was Sean Payton that had made the, the comment and said that, Cut it cut did this year for him was even more difficult because you have these 80 players plus in a lot of cases like families and stuff who came with them out yeah. from Louisiana to Dallas because that's where they've been training. They've been training at the Dallas Cowboys home stadium. And now you have to basically tell 27 of these guys that basically your future with us as a franchise is over. There's are still reeling from what's happened back home. I know you're telling them too that their professional lives are being altered drastically. That's a bit rough. Now, there was a tweet that I saw from Ava DuVernay. Um, she directed Extraordinaire in Hollywood. She said, no power, sewage out, no water. Nearly 1 million structures in Louisiana affected. It's 89 degrees there as I type this. Jefferson Parish estimates 20 days to restore power. We haven't heard from any crew member west of Orleans Parish. No cell or internet service. Why isn't this trending? It's going to be high and it's going to be in the high 80s in Louisiana for the next 10 days. Humid, no air conditioner, no water coming out the faucet, can't flush the toilet, no electricity. They're also under an all day curfew. Many don't have cell or internet to call out, not even a trending topic. And then on top of all of this that they have to deal with, there's still COVID. So yeah. let us let us remember New Orleans, the city and the state of Louisiana in our prayers because they will need it. And there are lots of nonprofit organizations who have set up GoFundMes and other places where people can donate 
to help with the relief effort. Gail Benson, the owner of the, of the Saints, she has pledged $1 million to the relief effort already. Leonard Fournette, who is the running back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is originally from Louisiana, yeah, yeah. he has put forward $100,000 towards the relief effort. That is not going to be enough. So whatever we as a people, as a community, as a country, whatever we can do to help, let us do that so that the people of Louisiana and New Orleans, they can get back on their feet. Now, I remember that when Drew Brees came to New Orleans, it was just after Katrina. I know is like some sort of cruel irony that as soon as he's left, then Ida has arrived. So let's, let's keep them in our prayers and we hope that sooner rather than later, everything will be all good in the Big Easy. Yeah, indeed, that's, that's a sad situation for real, man. Yep. Now, I, I hate to end our show this week on a sad note, but I believe that that is something that needed to be to be highlighted. On another time, we'll come back and laugh at the high school football game that played on ESPN. That I don't know if you've seen it. That is a story that is definitely worth investigating. We'll have that next week for yeah. sure yes so um just a couple of announcements as always if you haven't done it before like subscribe hit the notification bell make sure that you are aware whenever our episodes drop as always we have the fantasy spot which is going to be going to be airing on thursday morning at 9 a.m eastern we have nine of our ten people for our fantasy league for football fantasy league and that draft is scheduled for saturday so we have space for one more person so if you want to be in get a message to us your our handles as always are going to be displayed you can find us on instagram you can find us on twitter green beige you can find it everywhere that's you just search for green beige and you can also reach us there AJ, is there anything else that you want to touch on, tell the folks before we out of here? No, I mean, on that note, you have me a bit reflective now. So, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I mean, yeah, as 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 you just noted, though, we're just looking for that one more person for the league. Just trying to to test test out the league this year and have some fun with it. You know, it's just just a fun thing. That's a fun thing. Just one more, looking for that one last person. Correct. So as always, folks, that is AJ. He is the green. And Ken, I am the beige. We will see you next time.